after a short break, we're back with more episodes. We asked our audience on Twitter and Facebook for any questions you'd like us to answer on a podcast. This week, we're bringing you answers to four questions focusing on growing your small business. Let's dig in. Welcome to Commerce Tea, a podcast to help you succeed on Shopify. I'm Rian. And I'm Kelly. Grab a mug and join us as we talk about all things commerce. Hey, Kelly. How can merchants leverage customer data to drive more revenue and increase retention? How can they create personalized experiences customers love? I recommend Octane AI, the leading buyer profile platform for Shopify and Shopify Plus merchants. How does it work? Octane AI features a shop quiz, Facebook Messenger and SMS, and opt-in tools. Using the shop quiz, merchants can get to know customers with interactive questions. From product recommenders to gift finders, you can learn about a customer's needs, preferences, pain points, and more. This information gets saved into buyer profiles, and you can sync your buyer profile data with your Facebook Messenger, SMS, email, and ad campaigns for personalized customer journeys. What kinds of returns can brands expect? Brands using the shop quiz have increased email signups by 16 times and driven a 28% increase in average order value. Facebook Messenger and SMS see 80 to 95% average open rates and drive up to a 20% increase in revenue. Better yet, Octane AI has plans for any size business and offers a 14-day free trial. Every plan gives you access to the shop quiz, Facebook Messenger, SMS, and opt-in tools. There are also plans available where Octane AI's experts will help you set up and optimize your tools for success. This sounds great. Where can merchants go to learn more? You can learn more, book a demo, or try it free at join.octaneai.com slash commerce tea. Again, that's join.octaneai.com slash commerce tea. Good morning, Rian. Good morning, Kelly. How are you this morning? I am tired. Fair. Um, this has been a very long month. Yeah. It's been so brutally. For those of you who are like, where did you go for a couple of weeks? I mean, like, as you know, some stuff has happened. Um, yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> some stuff. Some stuff. And so, uh, yeah, I feel, I feel tired as well. I, I, I get that. I I'm changed my glasses you. though. You today. did. They look great. Thank you. Thank you. I decided I wanted to spice up my life. Oh, good. Yeah. I um, built a new office. Oh, uh, that's a big deal. Like a week ago. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, my husband and I have been sharing an office since the beginning of the pandemic. And it's really fun when both of us have like a million calls every single day. And <laughs> we're just playing chicken to see who eventually walks out of the room first to take their phone call. Um <laughs> I schedule all of my podcast recordings on his calendar and send him a calendar invite so he doesn't or so he knows not to speak when I'm recording something. Um, and it's fun when he accidentally forgets and then he just like curses really loud because he's frustrated with something. I'm like, okay, you're going to record that part. <laughs> just um, hold on a second. <laughs> so I decided to build a new office. I just used the room across the hall and got a second, well, I got another monitor. I got a desk. It's a standing desk, so I'm not always sitting all the time. I'm sitting right now for the recording because I've been standing all morning. And um, next, I'm going to buy a chair because the one that I'm sitting on is actually like one of those stools that maybe like tattoo artists use. Oh, okay. Yeah. um, Not really a computer chair. Per se. 
I am going to be buying one of those very soon, as soon as I figure out which one I want to buy. Ooh, fair. Yeah. I'm a big Herman Miller fan. So am I. I have a Herman Miller Aeron. Um, I'm considering switching things up. Don't get the one I have. What do you have? Oh, God. I always forget. They, it, they just did a collaboration with a gaming company. I'm Herman Miller Chairs. This is, hey, everybody, I'm an SEO professional. This is how... This is how I find things. Um, it's called. You mean you use Google like everybody else? Yeah, I do. I do, but I, and I just <laughs> command things to it. Okay, I have an embody. Embody. Okay, and you're not a fan of it. I just, I don't. Maybe I'm just in it too much. I mean, the chair should be comfortable. So yeah, it's Daniel not has a Mira two. Um, so that's an option. And then I'm looking at some other companies as well to see if they're of interest but yeah so i will be buying a chair that is my story that's nice the end a a nice and sexy purchase (laughs) yeah i like buying interesting things i ooh, okay well i'm not going to spoil anything but uh we have four questions that we received from twitter i said facebook in the intro but they all came from twitter (laughs) um i'm a liar uh all around like building and growing your small business. So that's why I decided we got more questions, but there was a nice little topic here. So we decided to stick with it. And then we're going to finish with one question for each of us that is going to be talking about what we, never mind. I'm going to, well, we'll, we'll get to it. No spoilers. (laughs) Kelly's like trying to roadmap this. (laughs) What else is new? All right. So let's just jump right into this first question. Um, I did not write down who wrote these questions. So I apologize. Usually I'd tell you what your name is, but mysterious Twitter tweeter. Person from the internet. A human from the internet, assuming they're human, uh, said, when should you think of hiring your first employee or in other words, going from freelance to business? Okay. Who wants to take that first? Well, I feel like I literally did that. Yes. Um, so I'm probably more equipped to answer yeah. this one. So uh, for me, it hit a point when I just I couldn't do everything myself anymore. And and I was well past that point. It was to the point where I was working too many hours. I was letting things slip through the cracks. And I wanted to be able to actually, you know, run a business a bit more smoothly. So I hired my first employee as a part time employee. And that was a project manager. And that was by far, especially running an agency, one of the best hires I have ever made. And that was two and a half years ago. And now she's our director of operations. Yay! So. Which it was is it? It was. I was going to say it was a good purchase, but she is not a purchase. No, um, she was a hire. She was a good hire. <laughs> it was a good, great, an exceptional hire. Yeah, our- I know. Rian loves to say like she would poach her. If- <laughs> totally poacher i think she's incredible <laughs> i but i'm but i'm not gonna poach uh people from kelly's team or in general i i try not to poach people i appreciate generally that. because people used to poach uh, when i was a banker people would try to poach people from my team because i would you know I, i'm a really picky hirer you are hirer is that the right word employer employer i'm really well, picky I mean, in the interview process yeah, you are you and, are. and so people would be like, oh, Irene's team's good because she's absolutely neurotic about this. 
<laughs> and it's like, well, yeah, I am. Um, it's an important thing. I mean, it's not something you should ever rush because no, hiring people is expensive. Not only do you have to spend time and resources actually going through the interviewing process, um, you also have to go through the training. And if they uh, they end up not working out, you have to hire somebody else and start that all over again. Not to mention the salary and all the benefits here. You better be giving your employees. So. Yeah, it's it's a lot. It's it's a lot of paperwork. Even when you use uh, something, I mean, I use Gusto. I know you use Gusto. We're Team Gusto. Yeah, we are very very Team Gusto, and I mean, it's still a lot of work. Um, but I, I will say, for my answer for this. It, it was a few years ago. And the first team member that we hired, okay, actually, I'm I'm a liar. First of all, we were we used to do agency work, which is how we we got away with not raising any venture capital. For an app company, not raising venture capital is kind you're kind of an outlier if you're not raising VC, especially in 2021. And we were like, well, we want to do this ourselves. My business partner and I are very like DIY type people. And come from punk. So we kind of have that idea in the back of our head all of the time. And so the very first person when we were on the agency side, but we still had apps, was I hired a copywriter because I needed, I was doing SEO consulting. I needed, what's the thing I always say you need more of? Content. We needed someone to make content. That being said, once we pivoted away from that and and everything kind of happened really organically and went just into apps, the first hire we made was support. And I will forever be strong on support. I, I A lot of apps try to scale the volume of users that they have without scaling their support team to match. To me, I'd rather have a way bigger support team than, well, I have no sales team, but I would <laughs> rather have, <laughs> so, so I would rather have a way bigger support team because I think that you should be providing your customers a really high level of support. And I think that whether you're selling apps or wh- whether you're selling hoodies, you know, uh, you need to provide great support because it's what gets people to keep coming back. As a small business owner running an e-commerce store, since this is Commerce Tea, uh, we're not just talking about our own businesses here. Um, hiring support is absolutely one of the first hires you should consider making. Um, the second one I would also consider making is sort of along the lines of like an administrative assistant. <laughs> um, to start taking some of those tasks off of your own plate. So I need I need one. I desired one. I'm so jealous. <laughs> I'm so jealous. I need one. But I feel like in my head, I know this isn't real because so many people have uh, administrative assistants who are virtual. And I think because I came from such a strong culture before when I was in banking of your assistant would like basically follow behind you and help you with stuff that I I can't quite square it in my head. And I just need to get my head right around it because I, I need one. I I know I'm not answering all my emails. Oh, I am an inbox zero person. I currently have 105 emails in my inbox and my eyes are like constantly twitching. So hey, yeah. I have an inbox zero for one of my e- inboxes. Yeah. I feel I have, really proud. Uh, I have inbox zero for three out of six of them. Oh, yeah. I've got like hundreds of thousands of emails that are unanswered or <laughs> read. This oh, is yeah. This is, this is this is not including my personal Gmail account. Oh, yeah. Let's not even talk about that. Uh, okay. So I think that answers the first 
the first one. I guess it, but it really doesn't address the when should you. When should you? I um, I would still argue that my win is when you are unable to actually get That's, your work done. And also you can afford it. Yes, you have to be able to afford it. To me, I like to always have six months of the person's salary in the bank because I don't want to have to lay people off ever, ever, ever. So that was a big yep. indicator was, can I, we afford this person? Let's look at the budget. Because, you know, in theory, I can answer support emails. I can do it. It's, I'm not, it's not out of my skill set. But it was, okay, you're stretched so thin. What's going to give? Cool, we can hire this out. I can't hire out someone to sit here and obsess over SEO updates all day. That's what that's my job. Again, hire slow. Um, I recommend the book Who. Um, <laughs> I will tell you. I don't you know why I think it's such a me. funny title. Who? I know. Oh, that's right. It's by two guys named Jeff Smart and Randy Street. And I don't know why they put it in that order because if they switched them, the side of the book, it would say Street Smart. <laughs> missed opportunity truly missed opportunity so we will link to this book in the show notes um purchased from a local bookstore not amazon yeah support local so kelly next question what are some things when you started your business you wish you had done differently actually i'm gonna let you answer this one first since i answered the first one first i'm gonna have maybe a really contrarian Ooh, opinion here spicy takes let's do it Nothing. Ooh, you wouldn't I, change a thing. I wouldn't change a thing. And here's why. Because everything we did, I learned from. And I, I, I just really, I think we did a good job. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I, I'm, you know, actually, no, no, I changed. Okay. I've changed my mind. There's one thing I wish I could have done differently. It's would, it would be to have a internal knowledge management system when we hired our first employee instead of it just being like a word of mouth like this is just how things are done now we have now we have all of that stuff but we right. didn't set those processes in place i i suppose i wish i had done that differently but it's since been rectified and it didn't really cause much of a disruption but i feel like everything you do in business you can really learn from and i've been pretty happy what i agree I with that yeah, yeah, I I definitely agree with having some kind of internal knowledge base, though, because, you know, worst case scenario, something happens to you or one of your employees and you're unable to work for any given period of time. You should never have anything undocumented. So, you know, like no idea. No, people have no idea how to do something. Um, the other thing that I think is, mo is important is never be the bottleneck for your own business. So Ooh. I get into this a lot mm. um, and it's something I'm I'm rectifying actively. It's basically there are certain things only I can do. Yeah. And so things like I am the only one with access to running payroll. And so my administrative assistant now has access to that. So they can run payroll for me since, again, it's, it's a task that I don't necessarily need to be doing myself. So. Right. Things like that. Um, one of the things that I would have done differently as well is, and I'm going to speak from the store owner side now. Um, I, I run multiple businesses. So for my <laughs> Kelly's e like, sleep, never met her. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. Um, for my print-on-demand store, I think I 
I jumped right into selling internationally <laughs> because I had a large audience who and everyone was spread all over the world. So I'm like, more people to sell to, more money. That's great. Printful allows you to really easily sell internationally because they handle it for you. And so they don't handle the taxes for you. And so that's kind of a really difficult thing to uh, manage. Yeah. So my CPA doesn't do international taxes. Typically, your US one doesn't. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that was not my best move. Um, get yourself a tax attorney if you're planning on doing that. Don't jump right into selling internationally. Figure things out first <laughs> wherever you're based and then expand from there. Um, I would also change I jumped right into trying to set or run ads on Facebook. Oh. And I recently looked at the valuation of my company because I'm actually I listed on the exchange to sell. Um, moving on to new things. And I dropped my uh, profit margin from, I think it was at like 17% down to 6% because I spent so much money on ads that did nothing. Oh, man. Kind of sucks. Yeah. Yeah. And running Facebook ads is not for the, it's not for the weak of heart. It's, more complicated. I feel like there's there's like a pipe dream sold with not saying you bought into the pipe dream, but like you're like, oh, well, I can do all this other stuff so I can do Facebook ads, but it doesn't actually correlate. Like I can, for instance, I can do Google ads. Yeah. But that doesn't necessarily mean, and in fact, it does not mean I can do Facebook ads because I have no training in it. And yeah, I, I mean, kind of at this point by my by my own choice, but uh, it's something I think if you if you're a, a merchant on Shopify and you've maybe done one of those classes courses that are like lean super far into Facebook ads, and maybe don't. Yeah, I honestly like that's one of the things that is is also worth noting as a as a small business. It could be very tempting to try to do everything yourself because it'll save you money. That's where freelancers come in. Yeah, hire a freelance uh, marketer to help you run ads who has that experience. Yeah, it's going to cut into your profits a little bit. Actually, no, no, it's going to make you more money. <laughs> so it's an investment, but it's going to make you more money. So stop trying to do everything yourself. You don't need to know. That's one of the things that I had to learn quickly is I don't need to learn how to do everything for my business. Right. In fact, don't because then you've your bread your your bread is spread too thin. Your brain is spread, is spread too thin. Speaking of bread, <laughs> yeah, um, it's actually one of the things that I stress to my clients as well because they're like, "So, can you explain to me, you know, how this middleware app works that you built, or or talk to me about how webhooks work?" And I'm like, "You have only so many compartments in your brain." And knowing how webhooks work is not going to help you make more money for your store. No. So let let the team that you're hiring be an extension of your business to provide the knowledge and the skills needed to, to cover certain aspects of your business. You don't need to know how to do everything. It's the easiest way to fall back into this path where you're like, well, I can do it faster, so I'm going to do it. And then you end up not delegating. And then you end up overwhelmed with too many tasks to do. I'm totally not speaking from experience here. <laughs> She's like, and then you puke it in the trash can right next to you. And <laughs> it's just, what's happening? 
And then we're back to talking about how I haven't slept. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it, it's a real, it's a real, real issue. I fall into that trap too, right? Where I, I love learning things. So I start digging too deep into something. And then I'm like, why do I care? Like, why do I actually, for, let's use webhooks as an example, right? I'm not a developer. I loosely understand what webhooks do. I'll give myself a, I'll, I'll give myself a C on a webhook. And that's okay. enough. That's enough. Like, I don't actually need to know any more than that. Like, I know what a webhook is. I loosely know how it functions. Cool. Next. All you got to know. That is all you have to know. Yeah. It's. Oh, webhooks. <laughs> okay. Oh, webhooks. So, so, Kelly, this is more of a question for you than for me. Okay. How did your early network influence your success when you started your business? I guess we could take this from the merchant side of things again. Um, I had an audience. I had, yeah, I had an audience before I opened a store. So I kind of did things in the reverse and that I didn't really need to do the trust building side of things. Um, But there's an interesting twist to it. So I jumped in immediately and was getting sales and it was awesome. However, that's where my audience was. That's who knew it. And that's it. Mm. So unless I was promoting the products myself on Twitter, people weren't finding my products. Yeah. So that's why I tried to do Facebook ads and it crashed and burned and I wasted a lot of money. But, no, that's beside the fact. Um, <laughs> in in terms of my other businesses... It's going to be the main takeaway. People are going to be like, well, I'm never doing Facebook ads. <laughs> no, just don't hire me to do your Facebook yeah, ads. Yeah. That's the takeaway. We are not the Facebook ad queens at all. Exactly. Hard pass. Okay, sorry, Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so other, you know, in, in terms of growing my agency, I think I feel like this is a, a still a fun topic to to discuss. Um, I got my first Shopify project thanks to a tweet. Mm. Um, I was in grad school at the time, I believe. Maybe. Nope. Nope. I was still in grad school. Okay, we're we're all caught up now. I was in grad school and I saw a tweet from somebody saying that they needed extra hands for some projects because they had too much work to do. Oh, that sounds familiar. <laughs> and I was like, hey, I can code things. Let me do it. And I ended up getting some projects from him. And it started like WordPress and things like that. And then he was like, hey, so I have this this website that's on Shopify. Um, just need to make some theme edits. And this was in 2015. And I, 20, yeah, I think it was 2015. Um, and that was my first kind of taste of Shopify. And as you can see, I now run a Shopify Plus agency. So clearly I liked it. <laughs> and I have my entire agency, my entire business to thank because of a tweet. So your network is extremely important. Even now, um, our largest project we sign on uh, signed on to date was my neighbor. Like it, it's who you know. It's who you know through social media. It's through who you know through business co- like uh, contacts. Who your friends know. Who your family knows. Like make those connections. It's really, really, really important for business. Yeah. From the origin side, I do want to touch on one more thing. And when you don't start with a large audience on Twitter to immediately buy your products, you're like, okay, well, where am I going to find my my product or where am I going to find my customers? I'm, I'm kind of torn on giving this advice. Here's why. First, first, the advice. It is free for your friends and family members to promote your business and just post a link to it on Facebook or wherever. Tell their friends about it. 
Um, if you are running Facebook ads, <laughs> going right back to it, it is going to skew your pixel data because they're not your you're not they're not your actual audience that you're aiming for. Unless they are, then by all means, like promote the hell out of your store. That's great. But just be mindful that if you are just trying to build up an initial following, an initial audience, you need to get in front of the right people or else you're collecting data on people who have no intention of buying. Mm, yeah. It's a tough one. Getting your first few customers is really difficult. And I mean, this is not news to anybody, but still worth saying because I feel like a lot of people, like there's that, uh, there's a screenshot that somebody I screenshot an image that somebody made, like an infographic uh, of like all the ways that you can help support your friend's businesses for $0. And one of the things was like post about it on social media. And I just wanted to note that it does kind of skew your data. So mm, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Do you have any thoughts for that question? I Yeah, it, it's more from an agency perspective. When we were first doing this work. Like I mentioned earlier, I I come from a punk background. And by that, I don't just mean the mindset. I have toured with bands and stuff. And um, so I know a lot of people who are in the music industry still, which, oh my gosh, the music industry has changed so much in the past year. Holy moly. But that's that's, a, <laughs> yes, that's, another, t- that's another conversation for another time. And maybe we can get an expert in to talk to us about that. But because I had connections in the music industry, almost all of our agency builds were related to musicians and which is cool I definitely had to there's I I at this now I'm finding myself I I can't really tell I am wrapped in NDAs but it's I had so much fun with those builds because they were uh, a type of music that I wasn't that familiar with and but it was all I was basically handed those builds on a platter. It was like, Rian, do you want to do this? I was like, sure. And especially when you're like brand new, right? You're just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. That sounds great. Like that's you yep. don't you don't say no yes, very yes, often. Yes, yes. Yeah, you just say yes a lot. They're like, hey Rian, you want to come speak at this thing? Sure. If you hey Rian, and but the thing is is the more you did that, right? Or the more I did that. So I was doing that and then I was also starting to speak at events. And I was growing my network from speaking at events. And that network, I felt, grew very, very quickly. Okay. And so I became kind of the go-to person for a while in a certain music vertical. And then also in um, the cannabis vertical. It was like... Who should we call? Rian. And and that was cool. That was that was cool. But I luckily I had, you know, I had these connections and I had the introductions. And so I was able to use my existing network to get me there. I will say something I learned a really long time ago that stuck with me. This is why I learned this when I was a banker, was you should do, oh God. Now I'm like, it stuck with me. I can't remember it. it it's basically like you should do these four things every day. And it was make five make five calls that's cheating you should do these four things number one is five Five. things yeah (laughs) make five like make five cold calls every day make five warm calls every day make five calls to your existing network so warm is more of someone that's been introed and then the other one is and then 
and then then it will come. And, and so, okay, this was a four. This was four. Yeah, and then and then it will come. But the thing is, is if you don't do one, two, and three consistently, the fourth never happens. So that works, I think, in an agency type environment. But also, you know, if you are selling something online and you are a merchant selling something online, maybe those five reach outs, those five reach outs are to influencers. Yeah. Think about it. Just kind of frame that kind of mentality, but frame it as influencers and other people to start building your network if you don't already have a network in the vertical that you're selling. You know who you should talk to? Who? Your customers. Definitely. Always. Even people who like entered their email address to sign up for your newsletter and they haven't purchased yet. Send them an email and be like, hey. Appreciate you visiting the website and signing up for the newsletter. I'd love to learn more about you and and what you're interested in and where you shop and what would entice you to buy. Also, here's a discount code. Yeah. Absolutely. Do it. I feel like people don't talk to their customers. I was once on a panel. Oh, they don't. I was once on a panel and I was asked like, Rian, how do you guys define your product roadmap, right? And I'm on this panel and the people before me who spoke were like, uh, so we define our product. We, I mean, we already have our product roadmap built for the next two years. And I was like, okay. So you get to me and I was like, we talk to our customers and we take their feedback and then we incorporate it into our product. And I was the only person on this panel that was like, uh, I just listened to my customers and then we built the thing that they ask us to build. And I thought it was such a logical answer. And I was so surprised that wasn't everybody else's answer. And then I felt really naive. Like I was like, am I the one do wrong in this situation? Am I missing out? Because <laughs> they were th- the other companies on stage where we were all venture backed and I'm not venture backed. So I was like, am I missing something? But I, th- I think that it's the right idea all the time. I think so too. I mean, you don't know your customers until you talk to them. And you could be entirely off base about how your customers talk about your business with other people. And I think that's what's most important. Like you think you define your business. You do not define your business. Your customers define your business. You can write whatever you want on the on the page. But like you can be like, ah, we provide really nice, you know, everyday clothing for people on the go or whatever. And your customers can be like, yeah, I like them because they're super cheap. Like, it's not the best quality, but it's super cheap and it gets the job done. And I'm not really, I'm shopping for budget instead of shopping for longevity. And like, if you're aiming for really nice clothing that you're going to really enjoy wearing to the office and at home or in the office, what is that? Um, (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. Like, it's just really important for you to talk to your customers and actually find out how they see your store, how they define your business. I, I couldn't agree more. I could not agree more. Okay, next question. This is a favorite question. What are the best books you read last year? And why is it Atomic Habits? (laughs) I still haven't read Atomic Habits. We're going to read it this year for book club. I guess. That's fine. (laughs) Okay. That's fine. It's a good book. I'm sure it is. I don't love (laughs) business books. It's not a business book. It's like a self improvement. Yeah, that falls under that falls under. That's not business. <laughs> I mean, you can apply the habits to business. But. Uh, yeah, exactly. Where do you <laughs> apply those habits to business? I rest my case. Thank you, Judge. <laughs> oh my god, I read so many. It's it's actually kind of a hard question. 
I know for a fact one of the best books I read that last year was Underground Railroad by Colson Whitehead. It was a phenomenal book. It won a Pulitzer, I believe. I I don't have enough good things to say about it. it it's phenomenal. Everybody should read it. It is fiction, but it, it's yeah. I'm clearly doing a great job of explaining it. Everybody <laughs> should read it. I liked it. It was a relatively quick read. Uh, it's the story of a 15-year-old slave who escapes a plantation. And from there, I will not say anything else because it will give up the rest of the, the, the story. And I want you to be able to really enjoy it. What about what about you? I'm like looking behind me. Yeah. How about I read recently? Um, it's About Damn Time by Arlen Ooh. Hamilton. Oh, yeah. That, that was, was a good, good one. one. That was a great one. Speaking of business books you don't like to read. Yeah, I like that one. It didn't feel like a business book. I liked um, Beach Read by Emily oh, Henry. Oh, that was fun. That was a fun read. I also liked An Absolutely Re- Remarkable Thing and A Beautifully Foolish Endeavor by Hank Green. Those okay. are fun books to read. Um, I read Outliers last year. I'm, I'm, I'm a fan of Malcolm Gladwell, so that's always good. Um, what else did I read last year? Oh, I read Bad Blood. That was a good book. Yeah? That was um, about... As John Kerry was the author, it was about oh my god, what is it? What is it called? The um, Theranos. Okay. Oh are, yes, it is a really really good read. Um, very engaging. So I definitely enjoyed that one. Um, what else I, did I read? I also read On the Come Up by Angie Thomas. It's a Y. She's a YA author, but she's freaking phenomenal. She did. Uh, she just released another book called Concrete Rose. Before that, it was The Hate You Give. All of her work is beautiful, poetic. It's, it's gorgeous. Like I can't. I had I had Concrete Rose on pre order, and my daughter and I both read the, those books. But they're it's a YA book, but for everyone. You know what I yeah. mean? It's not. It's not purely YA. We're all YA at heart, anyway. Oh, that, that is counts. So true. Um, Range by David Epstein. That was a really good one. Talking about being a generalist in a world mm. of specialists. Highly, highly recommend. Um, well, those are some books that we read last year. I <laughs> can go on. Here's some here's some more that I read that I thought were interesting. I read The Buried, which is an archaeo an archaeology of the Egyptian Revolution by Peter Hessler. I read No Rules Rules, which is about Netflix, and that's a business book that I I really, really, really enjoyed. And then there was another one I wanted to point out. Oh, The Culture Map. Ah, that one's on my desk. I'm waiting to read that one. So I did, I did, I wanted to name some business books here and not just be like, here's all the fiction books I read last year. And there's like a hundred of them. But the, the business books that I really enjoyed were, were Culture Map and No Rules Rules. Okay. Well, culture map, I will read. Also, we're going to somehow try to remember what we just said and include it in the <laughs> show notes. So you have a long list of books that you get to read as well. Yeah. Yeah. So cool. Um, Last question. What's the last item you purchased online? Okay. So I actually remembered. <laughs> okay. I couldn't remember before we were talking about this before. I was like, uh, I don't know the answer. So I bought some things from Rowing Blazers. And the favorite thing I bought from Rowing Blazers is a belt 
And it is embroidered with Latin words that I cannot pronounce, but it translates to, I shall either find a way or I shall make one. I like it. So that's what I bought. I bought too many things from Rowing Blazers. What about you? So I was going to say the last thing I bought online was a Peloton, Okay, but it was not. The last thing I bought online was a Monday Gin, which is zero alcohol gin. Um, It's really good. This is my second bottle that I'm picking up, and I am impatiently waiting for it to arrive. Um, Highly recommend just keeping it. If you like gin and tonics or just gin cocktails in general, but don't always want to drink, I, I highly recommend getting this. This is a really good one. Awesome. I want to try it out. Uh, I've been learning more and more about the sober curious movement. Andrea from Snackshots, she talks about it a lot. And I've been seeing it come up more and more on my Instagram feeds with f- from friends I know in real life, not just... Not, I'm not saying Andrea's not my friend, but you know, like people, <laughs> I, people I've known for like decades are talking about it. And it's like, yeah. oh, this is it, the mainstream. And Andrea's been talking about it for months. And, and I know... You know, you started kind of drinking some of those not spirit spirits a while back. And I just think it's really interesting and really neat. And I think it's necessary because yeah. we, we have such a culture around drinking and especially when it comes to networking events, like the yes. expectation is that you're going to be drinking. And so it's nice to see culture start to shift away from drinking and to just enjoying each other's company but also still like enjoying good drinks that just don't have alcohol yeah you can have all that's the thing is it's like you can have it all yeah when it comes to that you don't have to get tipsy to have a good drink like yeah two things can be true at once and there's not going to be like the whole oh you don't drink why kind of right conversation. i think that's going away I really I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Also, the older you get, um, I feel like that gets that conversation starts going away. Yeah, it's like especially when you're like you're of drinking age. Of course, you're going to be doing more drinking, most likely. Um, I'd be interested in seeing um, how Gen Z mm. adopts it if they adopt it. We should get a Zoomer on because Gen Z is so so fascinating to me, and like millennials. The generation is huge, right? So it's like yeah. the older Gen Z is right on our heels. Or it's the younger Gen Z is like my daughter's age. That's a yeah. huge gap. And I'd be interested in speaking to, to some Gen Z folks. So currently, Gen Z is between the ages of 6 and 24 years like, old. So they're what? actually um, – so that was what I, I forget where I read it um, that somebody was buying alcohol and they like flashed their ID or whatever. And or the guy only looked at it for like a minute or like a second. And he was like, do you not want to, you know, really look at my ID? He's like, no, it starts with a one. So you can you can drink. <laughs> it starts with a one. How terrible is that? Oh, but no. God. So Gen Z starts in 97. Yeah. So. Yeah, I think we should have a. We should get somebody on. Yeah. Talk about something different. Definitely. Definitely. Okay. So we ask this every week. Kelly, what is your store shout out of the week? You know, I was originally going to talk about a different store, but since I'm already on the topic of it, drinkmonday.co. Like they're on Shopify. Their site looks great. Especially this is a really good example of a site that really has one core product. 
and in in really marketing that one specific product but they also have like this limited holiday gift pack collab for example where it combines a bottle of monday gin with fever tree tonic which is a really good tonic as well um yeah, I, I think it's a, a really, a really well done site. They also have uh, subscriptions on here in case you want to subscribe to this gin as well. Maybe one day. So I'm going to do exactly what you just did. And Rowing Blazers is going to be my store of the week. And I'm going to tell you why. Because I like it. <laughs> That's a good reason. Uh, they also do their product photography is ace. It's super, super good and they've done some really cool collaborations and i enjoy their vibe uh and i want their blazers but they're like six hundred dollars so i have yet to buy one rowing blazers if you're listening i would take one you know uh and i I, (laughs) I would wear it but i it's a little bit out of budget but they they did some cute like a shoot collaboration and they Brought back some old sweaters that Princess Diana once wore. And like one says, I'm a luxury. And on the back, it says, uh, few can afford. (laughs) And I think it's funny. So I bought it. And It's so you. It's so me. And then I also bought, and nobody judged me because now everyone's like looking at this and they're like, these sweaters are expensive. And I'm like, I know. I have had a, a tough couple of months. I got, it's, it's, uh got little sheep all over it. I almost said sheeps. It's got sheep all over it. They're all white. And then there's one black sheep, like one sheep that's out of step with the rest of the sheep. And I really like it because that's kind of like my thing is I'm always out of step with what people expect uh, an entrepreneur to be or, or, or their expectation. Yeah. It's really spot on. So I I bought that too, as well as the bell. So that's my, that's the thing. Hooray. Hooray. Um, we will link to these stores in the show notes as well. I just listed all my books in the show notes, and I'm proud of myself for remembering. Good for you. Um, brag, 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 brag. So next week, we'll be back at it with another topic and potentially a guest, depending on which episode we decide to release. Woo! I love deciding these things at the very last minute. So... Thank you so much for tuning in. And thanks again to our sponsors for supporting this episode. We have a YouTube channel that we will eventually get back to making the friendly Shopify store teardown videos. It's again, it's been a month. Um, you can visit us on YouTube at youtube.com slash commerce tea. If you like our podcast, and I really hope you do, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Reviews make us really happy. And it doesn't cost you anything to pull back that infographic that I hate. Uh, you can subscribe <laughs> to Commerce Tea on your favorite podcasting service. We post new episodes every Tuesday, so grab your mug and join us then. We'll see you next week. Clocked In is a time clock for Shopify. With Clocked In, your team members can easily clock in and out of their shifts from anywhere. You can manage your team's hours as they work remotely with an intuitive interface that can be used from desktop, tablet, or mobile. Check it out at clockedin.io or in the Shopify App Store.